0: Well, we're going to do what we always do, but we're not going to take an offering right now. We're going to turn Mr. Gee loose here and let him go. We'll get an offering at the end as we always do. Hallelujah. Let God be God. Amen. So, Dr. Gee, come on and let's, uh, let's prophesy, cast out devils, do whatever you want to do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus Christ is King. Well, we can see who is really spiritual. (laughs) How many of you were not here this morning, but this is your first time tonight? Raise your hand. Wow, we have quite a few visitors tonight. Awesome. But how many of you were here this morning and you came back? Wow. Actually, we have a really good, good good-sized crowd here today. So uh, I want—I'm so glad to finally be able to discern who is really spiritual in this church. Those of you watching online, you're welcome, but it's better here, unless you're watching from out of state. So, well, I'm so excited. That's I, I love Sunday night because uh, you know Sunday morning. Of course, we had how many of you were healed this morning? Raise your hand. Still healed. Quite a few hands. Hallelujah! But even better Sunday night. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna push the limit a little bit, right? And, and let let uh, let the spirit of god move so um let me just talk quickly about uh some of the stuff that are out there on the table this is a great book you know my wife jokingly calls it the covid baby i wrote this during covid <laughs> do it again a cry for revival isn't it interesting how in the body of christ we're all praying for revival sin revival you know we're believing god for revival we're, talking about revival it seems like in the body of christ everywhere people are talking about revival but what people don't realize is that preparing for revival is just as important as praying for revival come on, come on, come on. let me repeat that for the hearing in pair. thank you for your support preparing for revival is just as important as praying for revival as a matter of fact, the reason I believe in many cases that God does not send revival is because we're not ready for what we're praying for. On, and sometimes it's because we don't have the understanding. Yes, Hello? Yes. So do you remember how he told the Israelites, I will not let you possess the land at once. Yes. Let it be overrun by the beasts of the field. Hello? Yes. Now the average church in North America is numerically declining and it runs about 50 to 70. Hello? You have a pretty big church by that standard. Thank you for your support. So don't take it for granted. Amen? Amen. I'm not against mega churches. I'm preaching them all the time. But what I'm trying to say to you is that, you know, if 300 people will join a church, hello? Most pastors will have a nervous breakdown because they don't have the capacity to handle that growth. On a day of Pentecost, come on now, 3,000 people joined the church. Think about that. So this is what I'm saying. Preparing for revival is just as important as praying for revival. And this book will help you prepare yourself for revival. But you understand that when you look at the concept of revival, I've done over 200 years of church history, documented 40-plus revival in this book. Going to, it's an arcade of church history, looking at different revivals and the, the pitfalls, and it seems like revival seems to peak, crest, and decline. They're all cyclical. But when you look at all the different cycles of revival, you begin to understand that the three sequences of revival is that it seems like darkness seems to overwhelm the culture, that in the pre dawning in a culture, in the pre dunning of a revival over a territory, it seems like the common denominator, as you look throughout history, It seems like darkness seems to overwhelm the culture. So phrases like post-Christian era are used to describe the era. Church attendance is down. The economics are down. Hello? Among the characteristics that are prevalent in that particular culture, you know, occult domination, a nation hungry for the supernatural turn to spiritism. Look at some of the movies that are coming out right now. Even Disney wants us to believe that there's the good wish and the bad wish. For those of you who allow the device to raise your kid without controlling the content of the device. Hello? So, you know, uh, occult domination, political and commercial corruption. No pun intended, but just look at what's going on. Hello? Sexual immorality. A moral revolution. Actually, we're dealing with a moral revolution right now in America. What used to be celebrated is now condemned. What used to be condemned is now celebrated. And if you refuse to celebrate what was condemned, they're going to call you an extremist. And they want to counsel you and deplore you. Hello? Moral apathy, spiritual uh, relativism, uh, moral relativism, social decadence, all of those things that are in a pre-dawning of a revival in a territory are all present in America right now. So that's why when I look at what's happening, it makes me kind of nervous and excited at the same time because I look at history, it seems like history seems to repeat itself. But that's what you have to understand so you don't panic. Darkness seems to overwhelm the culture. Then a champion, someone, resonates. They, you know, they get tired of the status quo and they challenge the status quo. Hello? They take the responsibility to bring revival, the next revival, by praying and seeking God. Amen. So Evan Robert did something called the, the, the diffusion uh, theory of innovation, which says that there's a uh, demographic, uh, demog- demography with a, 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 a bell curve, a natural bell curve, that shows that um, 2% of the population, 25 of what? of the population are what you call innovators. Mm-hmm. Hello? 13% are what you call the, uh, the early adopters. 34% are what you call the early majority. 34% are what you call the late majority. 16% are what you call the laggers. So when you break the, demograph- the, the, dem- the demograph. demographic uh, pattern in the population, yeah. oh, wow. this is the way it breaks down. And in the in the study, in the final analysis, it has been proven that the 2.5... So we are all influenced by only about 2.5% of people in this world. Think about that. Those who are innovators, and it has been proven that the 13% who are the uh, uh, the early responders, they are afraid to take risks. They're open to new ideology, but they're not... Uh, they're, not, they're afraid to take risks. But the 2.5% who are innovators are really, they're not afraid to take risk. And at the end of the day, these are the people who end up shaping cultures. Hello? And when you study revival, you find the same phenomenon. That at the early stage of revival, God needs to find some innovators. People who are willing and ready to pay the price by getting ahead of the pack. And sometimes they're going to be persecuted because they're misunderstood. So, but they jump in with both feet, you know, trumpeting what the sense is about to break out. They're standard bearers. And these are those who are called power shifters, carriers. Hello? And this is where God wants to enroll you in this end time plan. But are you willing to pay the price? Amen. So darkness seems to overwhelm the culture. A champion needs to resonate the 2%. And then third strike is that heaven then sends a holy redemptive wind that will counter the moral decline, counter the spiritual decline, then create momentum for the church. And if it's sustained, it will bring reformation into the culture. Because the ultimate goal of revival is not just for us to have a good time. Listen, revival is for the church. But the awakening is for the community. And when you study revival, so many revivals did not have an impact in the community. Thousands of people got saved and got blessed in the church, but it never significantly changed the territory where the revival was taking place. And you have to realize that territories are oppressed on three levels. Number one, demonization. Number two, doctrines of demons. Number three, principalities. Power in palaces. Controlling and affecting municipality by controlling personalities. People in positions of power that use the position to legislate evil. Hello? And the antidote to demonization is the authority of the believer. The antidote to doctrines of demons is a sound preaching of the gospel. That's what we need churches. Don't tell me, I don't need a church. I say, no, no, no. We need churches. Hello? The antidote to principalities are now groups of churches in a territory engaging the culture by raising people up who will have an understanding on how to engage the culture to understand that we need more than just preachers. We need city managers who fear God, congressmen, senators, business people, president of the United States. And we need to have, come on, a paradigm change in our worldview to understand that this is a war. But we have to be raised up and engage the culture. So this is a powerful book that would really help you. Thank you for your support. That was all for free. Amen. Because a lot of people, revival, revival. What are you talking about? You need to be prepared. Amen. And this is a great book on relationships and marriage. Two ladies were talking and they said, one said to the other, I'm the one who made my husband a millionaire. Her friend asked, what was it before that? She said, a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't raise your hand. That's not an article. Amen. There's a sign posted in the army recruitment office. It says, ladies, Marry a veteran. They know how to cook, clean, and sew. So, plus they already used to taking orders. <laughs> they asked a group of scientists to assign the gender to a computer. So, you know, uh, they asked the female scientist, what is the gender of the computer? Well, the female scientist says, well, the computer is a he. They say, uh, how come? Well, they say, first of all, to get them to work, you have to turn them on. (laughs) Thank you for the support. (laughs) Number two, they are supposed to solve the problem, and most of the time they get all the information, and they still don't know anything. (laughs) Thank you for your support. Well, you know, uh, so they, 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 they ask and then they, they said, well, you know, if you, if, you, if you buy a model, you realize two years later that if you waited, you could have gotten a better model. <laughs> so they asked the man, the man scientist, what is the gender of the computer? They said, well, the computer is a she, is a she. They say why? They said, well, first of all, no one understands the internal logic and how they communicate with other computers. <laughs> Number two... They keep even the smallest mistakes in their long-term memories for later retrieval. Anytime you speak to your wife, you need to remember this conversation is being recorded for quality and training purpose. Thank you for your support. Number four, they said, after you buy one, you realize that you've got to spend half of your paycheck every month just for accessories. Great book, eh, amen. So there are many other things out there. And of course, the sales of all our books, uh, just take this, um, the sales of our, all of our books and all our products, you know, are, are going towards our Bridge of Hope. This is the Avenger Cube. We have MP3 and all those things out there. Amen. So if you, you get something from us, it's going to be solid, full great information, but also you're helping us uh, change the world. So we started a conversation this morning that I want to drive home and and, and pray for people pray for people tonight uh revelation revelation uh chapter three verse seven and to the angel of to the angel of the church of philadelphia right these things says he was holy he was true he who has the key of david he who opens and no one shuts and he and shuts and no one opens i like what the one translation says I open a door that no man can close and close a door that no man can shut. All right. And then we, of course, we read this morning, uh, first Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul said a great and effective door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus name. Can you say amen? amen? All right. Let's stand up one more time. Let's stand up one more time. Uh, I see that, you know, there's some new people here. I would do just a quick little review, but I want to move forward and drive this message home today. And then we want to pray and minister to people. So just raise your hands. Wow. What a, the house is almost packed. Pastor Butler, that's amazing. Wonderful. Raise your hands. Say, Father God, Father God. in the name of Jesus Christ, I come before you. I boldly declare that I believe in the supernatural. I believe in miracles. This evening, Lord, I ask you to give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to receive, a will to obey, and faith to act. In the name of Jesus, I take my position in Christ. And I take authority over every spirit that does not confess the name of Jesus. I command them to leave this place. And I declare that this place is an open heaven. The Spirit of God is free to move. The angels of God are ascending and descending, they are going to and fro. To execute the commands of God's word. Preach, Holy Spirit. Teach, Holy Spirit. Prophesy, Holy Spirit. Heal the sick God. Do what only you can do. And take all the glory. In the matchless name of Jesus. Can you bend with a shout and say amen? Hallelujah. You may be seated. So part one of this message, we talk about the mysteries behind closed doors. Uh, we've made a reference of the fact that when you walk with God, it's important to master sensitivity of the spirit. That sensitivity of the spirit is gold for a child of God. That you need to know how to, you need to master and know how to respond to, respond to the impulses of the spirit. It is very important uh, that you will lose out on many things spiritually if you don't have an eye to see and an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And this will give you what we call a prophetic advantage. You know, Ezra speaks about the fact that by by the prophesying... Of Zechariah by the prophecies of Zechariah the prophet, they build the temple and they prosper. Hosea twelve speaks about the fact that by a prophet, by a prophet, God deliver Israel out of Egypt. By a prophet, He will save. Second Chronicle 20, 20 says, "Believe in the Lord your God; you be established. Believe in His prophet, and." You will prosper that God ties the prosperity of the believer. God ties the deliverance of Israel to prophecy They'll tie the fact that they were able to build and prosper to the prophetic. So there is a prophetic advantage that when we tap and learn how to walk in the supernatural, God will give us the advantage to have the victory. All right. We talk about that, that it, But that is not automatic. The other part that we talk about is the fact that that there's a grace that comes when God speaks. You know, to give us the impetus. To move, to enable us. There's a saving grace, but there's an able grace. All sufficiency. You know, giving us the capacity to rise to the equation without missing. That grace comes and helps us move forward and partner with the prophetic Through our obedience, that is not always automatic. That the prophetic and the supernatural will not veto your disobedience. Amen? And so people continue to recycle season because they expect things to happen automatically because God said something. But neglect that part. What God says is the top line blessing. But what you and I need to move into is the bottom line, responsibility, Partnering with our obedience, partnering with the prophetic word, with our obedience so that what God says can come to pass. So we begin to understand that, uh, that Jewish people understand that God's calendar is revelatory in terms of helping us understand the possibilities that are locked in a new season. That God operates in a season with a calendar. And that he's very specific specific and methodical in how he operates in that season. And we understand that in Jewish literature that numbers are not just numbers. That they are connected to letters. They are connected to pictures. And that in the Jewish calendar we are in the year fifty-seven. Eighty-four, what we call two thousand and twenty-four. So Genesis chapter one verse fourteen, he said, "Let it be light. Let it be a light ball in the sky. Let them separate day and night. Let it be as signs to mark the time, the days and week as sacred times." Leviticus chapter twenty-three, God said, seven times a year he called the Israelite for a meeting. For what? And he he called them sacred assembly. You know, for the purpose of revelation and relationships. And so the question then becomes for all of us, what is the mark that God has placed in this season? So we can respond to the impulses of the spirit and partner with the word through our obedience so we can step into what God is saying. So we're in the Jewish year, 5784, you know, 5700 is the millennium, which simply means let, let, let it be, may it be the year of. 80, it's P-H, like my last name. It means mouth. It means face. All right? Breath. And then 83, the year we just completed, three is Gamel or Camel. But four, it's dialect. Or an open door. Actually, it's a picture also of a poor man, a humble man. It means humility. Standing at a threshold and finding a pathway. Poor man in the sense that he has a sense that he does not own anything. But he has a stewardship of what he owns and believes that it's from the Lord. And so, the way he reads, the, the, the the camel is chasing after the dialect. The rich man is chasing after the poor man. So we're here to proclaim to you that this is the year of the open door. Come on, somebody. That God has marked this season with a dialect, with an open door. Glory be to God. And the camels are coming. The rich man, come on. The camel is the bounty carrier. The one who carries the reward. It means repayment is chasing after the poor man it's going through the dialect glory be to God there will be no revival if Mr. Amen Amen. Mr. Hallelujah Hallelujah. or Mrs. Glory are not present in the meeting some people come to church to spectate some people come to church to speculate some people come to church to pontificate but God is looking for someone that will come in to participate (laughs) can you say amen with fire Can you say hallelujah with fire? Can you say glory three times? So the mark in this season is the mark of an open door. Amen. So this season is pregnant with the possibility of open doors. So open door, that word door, it also means gates, pathway. In biblical times, the elders sat at the gate of the city and passed judgment. So an open door, it also means a season of adjudication. That the balance of power is shifting. Those of you dealing with legal issues, issues of injustice. That in this season, God is going to turn the wrong and make it right for you. Amen. The balance of power is shifting in your favor. God is opening a door. An open door also means that we are stepping into a new dimension. Just like you move from the outside into the inside, you know Clark Kent went into a telephone booth as a regular guy, but he came out as a Superman. Thank you for your support. God is opening a door. Come on, to shift you from one dimension to the next dimension. Glory be to God. Paul said in Galatians chapter one, "I went up by revelation." A revelation will shift you from the round of mental belief into personal experience. You're about to step into a new dimension. It also means moving from one atmosphere to the next atmosphere. Just like if you move from outside to the inside, going to the door, it's cold outside, warm inside. It simply means that when the door is open, you have the ability to shift the atmosphere. Atmosphere are the result of spiritual influence. We talk about that we have to talk about the fact that God opened doors, number one, for life work. Somebody say, for life work. This ain't just about you getting, you know, a big house, a big car, and all of those things. Yes, God wants to bless you. The pipe that pops out the water is going to be wet. But you have to understand that it's for life work. That God wonders supports God's work. God opened a door for Paul in Ephesus. And he was an instrument of healing and deliverance for the people there. So God opened the doors for you so you can turn around and open the door for somebody else. Thank you for your support. Number two, God opened doors so that we can be life witnesses. Hello? There was a man called John. He was not the light, but he was a witness of the light. He was not the source of the light, but he was a witness of the light. God opened doors so that we can be witnesses. Okay, I talk about that extensively in the morning. But then what is important and critical is that even though God has marked this season with the possibilities of open doors, we need to understand the mystery or the mysteries behind closed doors. And so what we discussed is that number one, all doors are closed by default so that when you see a closed door, don't get intimidated. All right? All doors are closed by default. We explain. Go back to listen to the first message. Number two, we say that go- doors are closed to manage and restrict access until permission is granted. It's a system put in place to prevent abuse. So sometimes when a door is closed, don't get intimidated. There's a system. There's a method behind it. And as you know how to work it, you know, it can work in your favor. This is the positive as- aspect of closed doors. Number three, we say is that Doors are closed to add value to the product. And that sometimes when God will work on you, he will hide you for a moment because he doesn't want you to be seen before you're finished. We have fun with that this morning. (laughs) Number four, we say that uh, doors are closed for preservation and protection. And that the longer you walk with God, you should begin to understand that you got to thank God, not just for open doors. but thank God for closed doors because some doors are closed. We talk about Noah, the fact that God shut the door that protect them from the flood. So you got to thank God for closed door and thank God for open number five. Some doors are closed as deliberate hindrance to limit your progress, to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. And that's the work of Satan. All right. So, This is where we stop this morning and we say for this door to open, you need supernatural power. So moving the conversation forward, the question then becomes, this is where we're starting with new material. Those of you in the morning, you got caught up, but I left a lot of meat. I didn't explain everything. I just did a, I just glossed over the information. Go back to listen to the first message. It's much, it's much, uh, there's much more information there on all those points. Um, but where we're starting tonight is that, so if God has marked this season, with the possibilities of open doors, with opportunities that comes with open doors, we need to understand then how do I partner with my obedience yeah. to step into this dialect yeah. and experience what the gamble, the, the bounty <laughs> carriers, the one who carries the reward is coming through to go through the dialect to the open door. So the first thing that you need to understand is that you need to have somebody say the right key? Right. So Revelations, Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, Jesus is speaking, addressing the church of Philadelphia, I think it is, and he says, Behold, I hold the key of David, and I open a door that no man can close. And close a door that no man can have can. can I close a door that no man can open and open a door that no man can close. You have to realize that Jesus is the master key. Hello? (laughs) You know, when you have a master key, that key can open anything. That's That's why it's called the master key. Uh And he earned them all the right to be the master key. You got to realize that the Bible is really about two men. The entire Bible is about two men. It's about the first Adam. And it's about the last Adam. Hello? The first Adam had a garden where he lost it. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, had a garden called Gethsemane where he won it. The first Adam had a garden called Eden where he lost it. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, had a garden called Gethsemane where he won it. The first Adam ate from a tree. He ate the fruit. From the, uh, from the tree, he ate the fruit of, the, uh, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Hello? And he passed from life to death. Hello? He said, I'm not going to do, I'm going to do my own thing. But the last Adam, hello? He did not eat from the, tr- from the fruit from the tree. He hang, he hang on a tree yeah. and became a fruit on a tree. He took the emblem of shame and death called the cross. And he hang on that cross and became a fruit on a tree. And he said, if you eat from my flesh and drink my blood, you will pass from death to life. Oh my God. The first Adam was deceived by the serpent. The last Adam didn't wait for the serpent. He went to the wilderness to meet with the serpent. Ah, when the serpent tried to challenge him, ah, he said, It is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Ah, the last Adam ate from the tree of, the good, of knowledge of good and evil and changed the blessing into a curse. Come on, amen. It didn't break to, he broke down. But the last Adam, Jesus Christ, hung on the cross and broke through the curse and released the blessing. Oh, when he died on the cross and changed the emblem of shame and suffering into a fruit of life, he broke the curse. He broke through the curse and released the blessing. Ah, when Jesus wanted to paint a picture about his, 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 redemptive work, he could have compared himself with somebody else, but he chose Jonah. And he said, as Jonah went into the belly of the, of the fish and stayed there three days and three nights, so is the son of man will go inside the belly of the earth and say three day and three nights. Oh my gosh. So he took a tomb and changed it into a womb. And he went into the earth as the seed of God's word. And he broke through the grave. And he released resurrection power. And now the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of you. That's why you can break through the impossible. And you can break through high And then he rose from the dead. The way a child is formed inside of the womb. It is inside out and upside down. But on the third trimester, that child shifts its position in the womb. And the first thing out of the womb is usually the head of a new body. Ah, when he broke through the grave and rose on the third day, the first thing out of the tomb that was changed into a womb was the head of a new body called the body of Christ. And if you're born again, when he was crucified, you were crucified. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I will live, but Christ who lives in me. Oh, little I move out, big Christ moving. Poor I move out, rich Christ moving. Sick I move out, healthy Christ moving. Oh my gosh. When he rose from the dead, you rose from the dead. When he broke through the curse, you broke through the curse and step into the blessing. Hey, when he rose from the dead, you rose with him. He took you with Him, far above principalities, far above powers, far above spiritual hosts wicked, of host, wickedness in heavenly places, and He sat you at the right hand of God. He broke through the heavens. He is the master key. He opened the door of the blessing and broke the curse. Opened the door of healing hey, and broke the sickness and opened the door of favor. He broke through Sha glory three times. Shag glory three times. Have you ever walked through a door, through a room? When you leave this door open and you open this door, what happens? This door shuts because the wind comes in and fills the vacuum. When he ascended in heaven, there was an old door left open. It was a door of the old covenant. 613 requirements. That you have to obey to be perfect. And the law was given to show to you that you couldn't do it in your own strength. Come on now. Hello? It was a door of condemnation. The Old Testament was a door of sickness. It was a door of the curse. But when Jesus Christ ascended in heaven, when he presented his blood. On the mercy seat. Hey, he opened up a new door. Called a door of a new covenant. A door of blessing. A door of power. A door of favor. And he opened it with such a force. That the old dog got shot. And on the day of Pentecost. When they were all together in one accord. Suddenly there was a sound. Of a mighty rushing wind. The Holy Ghost came with the wind. Oh, one of the names of God is Jehovah Joshua. The God will ride on the wings of the wind. He came down on the wind with power. Holy Ghost power. Hey, with gifts of the Spirit, with the anointing to break every yoke and open every door. He is the Master Key. Come on, you may go through great problems, great challenges, great circumstances. But the Bible says, uh, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You got the master key on the inside of you and every door that is closed uh, can be opened by the supernatural power of God. Uh, I don't care how many demons stand behind that door the same power that raised Christ from the dead that broke the power of the curse on the cross, that broke the power of death on the grave that broke the powers of principality and powers that same power is in you and now you got the master key he's opened up a door Hey, the camels are coming. The bounty carrier is coming. The one who carry the healing is coming. The rich man is chasing after the poor man. And a door is opening. And the old door is getting shut. Shout glory three times. Come on, let me minister to you. Step forward. God is opening a new door. Hallelujah. The door of sickness, the door of limitation is being shut. The door of healing is opening. Pressure on your head is lifting. Pain in your joints is lifting. The dialect is being opened and the healing virtue is flowing tonight. Touch of God. Shout glory three times. Over here with the green, the green. Stand up. You. You're looking behind. Yes, you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Five miracles. Five miracles. The center part of your spine is getting healed. Your hips are getting healed. Your joints are getting healed. Your blood circulation is being touched. Power. Take it now. Touch. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you're a lady with the white hair, with glasses. Just stand up where you are. Yes, you stand up. In the name of Jesus. Arthritis. In your hands. In your knees. In your neck. In the name of Jesus. It's living you right now. Take a deep breath. Healing is flowing in your body irregular heartbeat your blood circulation is stabilizing in the name of Jesus knee pain, back pain it's living, I prophesy, receive your miracle take a deep breath right now in the name of Jesus hallelujah he opened up a door I said he opened up a door I said he opened up a door. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister over here with a green t-shirt, your bass. Yes, you. Stand up. Hallelujah. Put your hands in the abdomen area. Your digestive system is getting touched. In the name of Jesus. Sist dissolving in your ovaries in the name of Jesus the power of God is moving supernaturally take a deep breath and breathe hallelujah in the area where your legs join with the hip inflammation on the hip is getting healed right now by the power of God in the name of Jesus I speak healing cartilage, bone and bones, arthritis pinched nerve on your lower back Shoulders problems. Limitation of movement with your rotator cuff. Especially your right hand. Your right, your right arm. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. Five miracles taking place in your body right now. Receive it in Jesus name. Shall glory three times. So if what I'm preaching is the truth. And we have the master key. I, I, I am in a van right now. Hallelujah. Don't be distracted. Look up over here. Don't look at those extracurricular activity going on. Hallelujah. Shout glory three times. So if what I'm preaching is the truth that he is the key, he is the master key. <laughs> Why is it that sometimes even though we have the master key, doors are still closed? Hello? I believe that sometimes it has to do with some issues that we deal with. Let me just tell you a little story to explain what I'm talking about. You know, my wife and I, we flew from... From Dallas to Japan, that's a good, you know, 14-hour, depending on tailwind, headwind, sometimes 16 hours. And then from, from Japan to Singapore, that's another seven hours. So we've been on a plane for a long time. You know, if we got to Singapore, and Singapore doesn't have a lot of geography. They don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of land. So when they build, they build really high. So we stay in this, in this hotel where they put us in the room. It looks like we were, you know, they wanted us to experience the rapture before the rapture got here. Thank you for your support. And we were tired, and our room was way up there in the heavenly places. And so we got there, and all our bags, and it's late, and we're tired. And so they gave me the keys, and What? We're full loaded with all kinds of bags. You know how we try You see how we travel. Pastor Mark used to come to get us at the airport. Oh my God, have mercy. And then finally he said to me one day, you know what? Just get a rental car and let all the churches split the bill. So then I started to get, you know, (laughs) so anyway, see me there with that big SUV that I'm driving. That's his fault. No, I'm just kidding. Got tired all these 14 years coming to get me there at the airport no no so we 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 we're in singapore and so we're up there and so you know my wife is tired god bless her you know been with me 123 countries flown over 3 million miles this lady here deserve deserve she and and she still loves me (laughs) after what i put her through (laughs) around the world that was before destiny was born so, here I got this key, okay? And I'm going to make a point out of this, if you just give me a moment. And I put the key in the hole of the door. And I kept, I kept getting the red and yellow light instead of getting the green light. Thank you for your support. And I kept doing it, hoping that something was going to change. I accelerated in the speed of doing it. (laughs) I can't get in the red and yellow light fast and fast. The reason why I kept doing it is because I was dreading about going back down there on the earth. (laughs) Being up here in heavenly places. Because I was tired. I didn't want to take the trek, the journey. So now you realize, now I realize that this is not going to work. I'm going to have to go back down there. Now I'm tired and I'm starting to develop an attitude. Thank you for your support. Why do you look at me so holy and sanctified while I'm confessing my sins? I started to develop an attitude and I went down there and I told the lady, nice little uh, Chinese Singaporean lady, you know, five foot two or something like that. I'm six foot seven, big black man. I said, the key you gave me didn't work. So you know, we've been on the plane for more than 21 hours. My wife is way up there, (laughs) waiting in front of the door. And I have to come all the way down here because the key you gave me didn't work. Can you please give me a key that works so that I can go back there and so we can get some sleep and rest? Very nice Chinese, Singaporean lady. She said, oh, uh, Mr. Pei, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Do you, I'm going to try to make a Singaporean accent. Do you have a cell phone in your pocket? Uh-oh. I said, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> well, it's because you put the key in your, in the same pocket <laughs> where you had your cell phone. And your cell phone deactivated the key. But no worries, Mr. Pay. Okay, la. they talk this they they speak in English like that. Okay, la. no problem. Okay, la. no problem. I will reactivate the key. La. Mr. Pay, when you take the key, la. don't put it back in the same pocket. Where your phone is, la. Okay, la. I said, okay, la. Five foot two. Just threw eggs on my face. I was now like a little puppy dog. Okay, la. And here, I go back up. And my bride is standing there almost sleeping. And I open the door. The key worked this time. Hello? Listen. There was nothing wrong with the key. Hello? Let me translate that spiritually, what she was talking about. Sir, in other words, the system we have here works. The key works. It has been programmed to help you access the door and open the door. But the problem is is what you brought with you. That did not allow the key to work as it should work. So the problem is not the key, the problem is what you have with you. And how many Christians sometimes blame God? Lord, I've been shaking my shaking my shaking my, 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 my in front of this door. The world, I keep getting the red and yellow lights instead of getting the green lights, and we get frustrated. Hello, could it be that maybe you have an attitude problem, and that the attitude determines your altitude, and that God resists the proud? And that he gives grace to the humble... That the lack of humility, subtract artificial humility, detract sincere humility, attract that humility is the low road to new height. And that if you humble yourself under the hand of the Lord, that he will lift you up. Could it be that it's because you're so full of yourself. That's why the key is not working. It has nothing to do with the devil. God has given you the master key. And that if you adjust your attitude, the key is going to work. Hello? This is so important. You have the master key, but that key, listen, it's not, that key is all, it also means knowledge because Luke chapter 11 verse verse 52. Woe to you lawyers. He's talking to the Pharisees. You have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves and those who are entering, you hinder. Hello? So in other words, now, when we talk about keys, it's not just about the master key, Jesus. Sometimes it takes the knowledge is the right key. Hello? So what you need for that door to open is the right knowledge. Well, I'm believing God for a wife. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you prepared? Do you have the knowledge what it takes to take care of a woman? Hello? I'm ready for James Bond to show up. I'm ready for Denzel Washington to show up. Woohoo! Are you ready to prepare to live a life that is not selfish? The knowledge. Hello? So listen. We have a lot of keys like prayer and fasting is a key. But that key is not going to open all doors. That key is not going to replace your ignorance. Thank you for your support. Just like if you have a big house, there are keys that open the front door, but they will not open the bedroom door. Hello? Prayer and fasting is a key that will open certain doors. But prayer and fasting are never going to take away your ignorance. Thank you for your support. My people perish for the lack of knowledge. So in other words, you're going to have to put some knowledge in your head and some wisdom in your head to be able to access certain doors because that's the way that door is going to be open. Now you have a lot of people who are, in the body of Christ we are mixing up keys people who are praying and fasting but they don't read the word hello floating in the cloud no balance at all then you have a lot of people who are word masters no holy ghost at all all you turn into is a religious nut no different than the Pharisees your head is full of biblical knowledge but you have no power Because you ignore the move of the Holy Spirit. Hello? So, it's all of it working together. You can't just use this key and not use that other key. Let me show you some other things. In Exodus chapter 17, when the Israelites were attacked by the Amalekite in a place of transition, you know, Moses said to Joshua, I want you to go down there And fight with the sword. Moses took Aaron and earth. And they went up. On the top of the mountain. Hello. Aaron and earth helped Moses fight the law of gravity. By keeping his hands steady. So I suggest to you that this scenario. This narrative. Describes what I call. Three kinds of warfare. And all of them are keys. Hello, to open doors. Joshua fighting with the sword. That's physical warfare. It depicts working. Hello? Now you have people who are so highly spiritual, but they're lazy. Abel Einstein said, he said, "Hard work, beat talent if talent doesn't work hard. Even if you're in a ministry, that's not an excuse. To get lazy. You think that Pastor Mark Butler. 35 years or 40 years here in the ministry. With this church. It must be nice to come here with all these buildings. And all these people. You heard him. If the gentleman was not here to to work on the toilet. He was going to be here. Because you have some people who are lazy. That just think that the ministry is an easy way out. No you are wrong. Hello. Working hard. Those of you. There's some of you who master the art of working hard. You're very good. You're relentless. You get up early in the morning. You drive one hour to go to your work. Work, 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 work. Back in the evening. You do it five days a week, 60 hours a week. You're an expert. But when it comes to prayer, you pray occasionally. You read your Bible occasionally. You only pray when you're in crisis. Listen, in the same Bible verse, the Bible says that when Moses' hands went down, Joshua was losing the fight. And some of you who are working so well and working so hard, you still don't have a breakthrough. You still have problems. You're bringing money, but you can't keep money. It seems like the enemy has access into your wealth. Hello? Hello? You don't seem to get ahead because you don't understand that the way you win this fight is not just by working. There's something behind the scene that is fighting you. Remember, one of the fourth ways doors are closed is Satan hindering your progress to limit you your access to what God has for you. So the breakthrough, even though you're strong in the natural, you're going to have to step into the spiritual dimension to have supernatural power to break through. Because when Moses' hands went down Joshua was losing the fight. Hello? Now Moses speaks to God face to face. He is highly spiritual. Hello? Highly spiritual. Yet he still has to deal with the law of gravity. Getting tired. And Aaron and her have to help him. Steady his hand. Hello? Natural warfare. The law of gravity. What does that speak about? It speaks about practical things that you have to do in life. Amen. Hello? Mom. Like paying your bills on time. Yes. I know you you put the payment for that credit card bill or that bill and you send it to the wrong address <laughs> so that you, you gain three extra weeks. Thank you for your support. Hello. and I know some of you are highly spiritual you take that bill, put it on the ground and dance in the Holy Ghost thank you for your support I've done that many times hey I dance the money in that's beautiful believe God for that plane ticket that I'm showing up at the airport American Airlines about to go to Japan I dance it in they ask you um, yeah I said, but Jesus Christ is Lord. I said, yeah, uh, we only understand cash, credit card, or check. How are you going to pay him? You get the drift? You exercise your faith until the bill is due. And when the bill is due, you have to pay it. Natural warfare. Spending time with your wife. With your kids. Natural warfare. Hello? Thank you for your support. Resting, natural warfare, eating right, exercising, natural warfare. Hello? Benjamin Franklin is one of my favorite founding fathers. You know, uh, he said, uh, you know, number one, I like him because number one, he's on the $100 bill. I never met a Benjamin I didn't like. And I love those Benjamin handshake. Thank you for your support. Hello? But here's what he said. He said, an ounce of prevention is better than 10 pounds of cure. Hello? So there's certain things that you can do to walk in a certain level of blessing before you get in trouble. That's natural warfare. Hello? Thank you for your support. Natural warfare for them to win this fight. They had to win on every front. Moses' hands had to be up fighting gravity. Joshua had to be fighting. He had to be praying. And certain doors, there are certain doors that the only way they're going to open is when you exercise warfare on all fronts. Shout knowledge. Knowledge Knowledge is the key. Hello, next, third way or fourth way to open doors that are closed, partnering with the prophetic, with the supernatural, with your obedience, is Knocking. Hello? Knocking. Knocking. It says, knock and it shall be open. Seek and it shall be found. Hello? Now, Luke 11, we didn't read it, but Jesus was teaching on prayer. And he told his disciples a story. He said, a friend went to see another friend because he had somebody coming in the middle of the night. He said, I have nothing to put in front of him. And I want you to give me something. So the friend said to him, listen, I'm already in bed with my children. Hello? I'm already in bed with my children. So Jesus said he will come out of the bed and give him what he needs. Not because he is his friend, but because of the persistence. Hello? He made a point about prayer, knocking. You have to understand this. The thing about knocking is that there are some times where a key will not work for you to open the door because the person who has the key is on the inside. And that person needs to like you. (laughs) I'm serious. Many of us don't understand the ministry of man. And that's why we we are not honorable. Hello? Even Jesus said, I open a door that no man can shut. That means that there are doors that some people can shut. Hello? And I close a door that no man can open. That means that there are doors that man can open. Hello? And the key is that the person who's on the inside needs to like you. That's what you have to understand the ministry of man let the spirit of the bride, the spirit and the bride say, come. That means the spirit can say, come. If the bride says, no, that answer will rest in the spirit. will stay in the spirit. God can say, I'm going to bless you. If someone that is supposed to be used say, no, the answer, the yes, will stay in the spirit. Even God himself understand the ministry of man. He had to knock at the door of Mary so he could rent her womb. Because there's a spiritual law if you're a spirit. In order to live on the earth, you need to have a body. Hey, faith without work is dead. A spirit, a body without spirit is dead. And the moment your spirit leaves your body, you are dead. So there's a law. There's a spiritual law. Even God himself does not force himself on man. Because God has created man as free moral agent. He has given you the power of choice and self-determination. So you need to understand the ministry of man. Listen, all blessings, all blessings flow from God, through man to man. Hello. I'm going to say it one more time for the hearing and prayer. All blessings flow from God. Through men to men. Men are not the source. They are the resource that God will leverage to bring about what heaven wants to release in your life. But you need to understand the ministry of men and you need to have favor. Some of you are praying for money, for open doors. You need to pray for favor because in this world, who hates you does not matter as much as who likes you. Hello? Listen, people who hate you, they're the ones that are following you on social media trying to find out everything that you're doing. So give them the best show they will ever see. (laughs) Hello? But in this world, who hates you does not matter. The job of a hater is to hate. But who likes you matters much more than, than who hates you. Come on. There's a little girl. Come on. From Sichuan. Sichuan. A little girl from Odessa. Esther. Hello? A village girl that nobody knew. And Vash the queen, she's not dishonorable to her husband. And now the king sees Esther and he likes her. And because he likes her, she's moved. Come on. From being a village girl to becoming a queen. Come on, somebody. In this world, come on, who hates you does not matter as much as who likes you. And when people like you, don't think that because it's because you're all that cute, it's because God gave you that favor. Favor means unlimited access, unlimited kindness, unlimited acceptance. It doesn't just happen once. It can happen multiple times. Hey, the favor of God. And when God gives you that favor, people on the other side will open up the door. Hallelujah. And they will bring you in. Hey, I'm here to prophesy that God is opening up the dialect. The open door. The camels are coming. The one who carries the reward is coming. Come on. Somebody is a millionaire and a billionaire. Come on. God is going to touch them and they're going to write that one million dollar check. They're going to say, I don't even know what I'm doing this, but I just love you. I just feel like I had to do this. Come on, somebody. Hey, the bounty carrier is coming. It's going to happen because of the favor of God. I'm speaking about acceleration. Somebody already has the networks you need. Come on. The connections you need. All it takes is for God to make that little bridge. Hey. And suddenly a new world is going to open up to you. With resource. With favor. With people. With relationship. And what it took you 10 years to try to achieve. In one month God will do it. Because of acceleration. I prophesy. Open door. Come on, Pastor Mark and Esther, stand up. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, Pastor Mark and Pamela. Hey, what did I say? I'm sorry. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel that this word is for you. That you've labored in faithfulness, you've labored, you've sown, and you serve, and you love. The Lord is opening up a new door. He's opened up a new door. The finances are coming. I'm here to decree and declare that the dialect is opening up. The bounty carrier is coming. Going forward into this ministry. They are seed that have been sown all over the world right from this place. But the harvest is coming. Hallelujah. Hey, the Lord said uh, Harvest Bible Church is not just your name, it's your harvest. Hallelujah. The harvest is coming. It's going to come in multiple ways. Yes. Finances. Yes. Relationship. Yes. The Lord is going to leverage the influence of key people. Hey, that are going to come and partner with this vision to bring about the fulfillment. Hallelujah. The next 10 years are going to exceed the last 35 years because God is going to bring acceleration and restoration. As Caleb said, my strength is still now the same as it was back then how can an 80 year old man be as strong as a 40 year old man it's because God took the 40 years that he lost and put it in the next 40 years so as he moved in the next 40 years it was as if he never lost anything and the Lord said the bounty the one that carries the bounty is coming the one that carries the reward is coming as you partner with God through your obedience hey the rich man is chasing after a poor man and a door is open it up with blessing miracle signs and wonders and provision I'm opening a new door Psh, oh my god shout glory three times oh these are your pastors. you better jump onto that word and say I take it Hey, I take it I take it. The anointing flow from the head. And it goes into the body. I prophesy open doors. You want, how many of you want to receive it? Raise your hand. I speak open doors. Open doors. Open doors. Open doors. doors. Shall glory three times. Get ready for some acceleration get ready for some restoration get ready for some lost things come on Hey, lost and found. That which has been lost will be found. Amaziah said, what about the 10 100 talent of silver that I gave to the army? Well, the prophet said the Lord is able to give you much more than this. Some of you, after COVID, you lost so many things, but there's a restoration coming over you. The Spirit of God is moving and bringing about restoration. I see open doors. Some of you are going to get a new platform, new money, new connections, new relationship. I prophesy the dialect is opening up over some of your business, some of your family and the bounty carrier the one who carries the reward is coming for us, shout glory three times I gotta give you one more, hello furthermore when I came to throw us, sit down, sit down a door was opened to me by the Lord, hello but there were many adversaries. I want to make this last point, point. then we're gonna pray. There's so much into this, but I'm almost tempted to quit. But you need to have, you have but you need to have this part here, otherwise the message is not complete. I was tempted to quit when I saw all of you standing up like that. I'm not afraid. It's just that I want to come and preface all of people. Now listen. He said, a great and effectual door is open, but there are many adversaries. So remember, the fourth reasons why doors are closed is because the devil is trying to limit your progress. Tries to stop destiny. And for this, you need supernatural power. Hello? So Paul, you have to look at the landscape of his opposition. The landscape of his opposition. That when he got to, when he got to Ephesus. Ephesus. He started to preach a monotheistic gospel. To a polytheistic culture. Mono means one. Theos means God. Mono means one God. Polio means many God. They worship many God in Ephesus, and when the power of God starts to move, people start to convert. People start to get delivered. The and they brought all the artifacts. They were worshiping. They were worshiping idols, and they brought all the artifacts: uh, the bracelet, the little trinket, the things, the different things that in the paraphernalia the people had, and they burned them up. And it was up to like fifty thousand silver the equivalent of something like $5 million or $10 million. So they were losing the battle. You know what they did? They called for a council and said, we can't let this guy continue to wreak havoc in our business. Our bottom line is getting hit. They had a council and they said, we need to shut him down. We need to kill him. We need to put him in prison. Hello? So his opposition in Ephesus was economic. Hello? There's always somebody who profits from other people's pain. Hashtag, follow the money. Even in America today, in medicine, the cure, the money is not spent on the cure, it's spent on the treatment. That's why you get bombarded every night with advertisement on your television. Try to convince you that you have restless leg syndromes. (laughs) Thank you for, I have that. (laughs) Hello? Because the money is spent on the treatment, not on the cure. It's a huge industry. It's not about you getting cured. It's about selling medication. Thank you for your support. In law, the money is not spent in resolution. It is spent in litigation. Right. You wanna go ahead and divorce? Guess who's gonna get a lot of money? The lawyers. They're gonna say we're gonna we're gonna give you a little loan of twenty thousand while you're going through the process. Say, Man, these lawyers, they love me. No, they're gonna charge you ten percent interest when you gotta pay that money back. Hello? You can get sued in America today just about for anything. Because the money is not spent in resolution, is spent in litigation. Hello? Well, you know, I, I was getting up in the, you know, I got up in the, in my porch and my neighbor's cat looked at me and I was traumatized. I want to, I want to file a lawsuit. <laughs> I need some psychological, I, 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 that cat looked at me and I had an instant headache. <laughs> Your honor, I've been traumatized ever since then. I can't get on my porch anymore because my neighbor doesn't keep control on his cat. I need a $5 million compensation. What's going on? Hello? You can get sued just about for anything. The money is not spent on resolution is on litigation. What am I trying to say? There's always somebody who profits from somebody else's pain. This was a case in Ephesus. Those people got so mad because people are getting saved and they're losing their business. And now they're going to persecute Paul. The opposition was economic and the opposition was demonic. Trying to stop the gospel from going forward. Ah, but the Apostle Paul, he practiced a principle. What I call yak. Somebody say yak. Yard after contact. Somebody say yard Yard after after contact. contact. Oh, say yard Yard after after contact. contact. I know many of you are highly spiritual. You didn't watch, you know, the super, you didn't watch the, the 49ers playing. You came to hear me speak today. God bless your heart. I myself, I love the 49ers because a full confession you know, the Packers beat my Cowboys. And I was really, really not pleased. And then the 49ers, I know you're not supposed to have revenge or. or thank you for your support. I know you're not supposed to, to like, you know, to kind of like enjoy it a little bit when something happened to somebody that kind of did it to you. And I can say, I kind of like the 49ers, they beat the Packers. Why are you look at me so holy and sanctified while I'm confessing my sins? It's really good. The quarterback of the 49ers is Christian. Hello? So, by the way, they won tonight. Do you know that? So, listen. A little football analogy. You got to practice the yak. Somebody say yak. Listen. Yak was coined by John Madden. I'm almost ready to bring this home. John Madden, the former professional coach and television network analyst, he has compiled this measurement by counting the number of yards a runner makes after an opposing player hits him. So the next time you have the opportunity to watch a professional football game on television, which our 49ers are going to be on the Super Bowl. (laughs) Hello? Thank you for your support. Look for this particular statistic. Listen, when an opposing player hits a running back, the running back does not stop. He doesn't throw the ball down and quit. He doesn't cave in, doesn't trouble on the ground, and then roll back to the huddle. He doesn't let go of the ball and fumble away his opportunity. He doesn't turn around in the opposite direction. What does he do? He keeps his leg churning after he is hit. He keeps moving forward. He keeps heading towards the goal line listen the great runners make most of their yards after initial contact they score most of their touchdown after they've already been hit they they keep simply moving forward they practice the yak yard after contact the reason Paul had to practice yak hello? And that's how you could say, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith and I have finished the race. The yak statistic is one of the most important statistics in the life of a Christian. And Paul is teaching us how to practice the yak. I call it yak attack. That's going to be the name of one of my books that I'm going to write about the topic. Thank you for your support. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. He said, We are hard pressed. Somebody shout on every side. Say yak, yak, yak attack, yak. yet not cross. Oh my god. We are perplexed. Somebody shout yak. yak. Shout yak attack. But not in despair. Uh-huh. Persecuted. Somebody say yak. yak. Say yak attack. Yak. But not forsaken. Ah. Oh, we are struck down. Somebody say yak. Say yak attack. But not destroy. When you look at these words, trouble, verse eight, that word trouble is used in two contexts in the original language. In an agricultural context, in an athletic context. Trouble in the agricultural context simply means that it's being used to describe grapes that are being crushed. Paul said that he is trouble on every side, implying that his troubles are pressing on him like four walls contracting and he's caught in the middle. He's describing the events of his life as being sandwiched or squeezed between numerous stressful situations and they are all coming in on him and pressing down upon him the word trouble in an athletic context is being used to describe a wrestler trying to crush his adversary in ancient time there was a form of wrestling in which the loser of the battle was killed the objective of the match was to pin your opponent to the ground and the penalty for being pinned was death Paul's words are descriptive to us of that great adversary of our lives who was trying to pin him and trying to pin us down in the matter of circumstances and take us Out of the competition prematurely and permanently. Paul goes on to describe that there was no seemingly no way out of what he was going. He said in verse 8, he said we were perplexed. Somebody say yak. Say yak attack. That word speaks of a narrow and tight place where there was seemingly no way out. It is the same thing we mean when we say I am at my wit's ends. It means to be at loss about what to do, about what was going down in the situation. Paul found himself in a circumstance that provided no door for exit, no means to escape. Persecuted. Somebody say Yak. Say yak attack. He added that he's also persecuted. He's not only troubled. He's not only perplexed, but he's also persecuted. The idea here is that he's been hunted down like a hunter in a pursuit of his prey. Adversity and afflictions fall on him everywhere he went. Somebody say cast down. Somebody say yak attack. In verse down, he goes and he's been cast down. the phrase speaks of someone who's thrown, struck, or beaten down to the ground. All things he's been called upon to go through were like an angry mob rushing in on a victim, mercilessly beating him and pounding him to the ground. Hello? So here we see a glimpse of his pressure and his problems, his battle and his burdens, his feelings and his fears. But what is interesting is that after every one of these words, persecuted, perplexed, troubled, Cast down, there is not a period, but there is a comma. Uh Period means end of the story, but comma means there's more to come. Come So if you can practice the yard after contact, God is saying, your trouble did not come uh, as the end of the road, but it came with an expiration date. And that you have to see yourself on the other side of the comma. So you got to practice the yard after contact. Keep your legs moving forward. Come on, how many spiritual running backs do we have in the house? Come on, I know the defensive tackles are looking after you. Hey, God has opened up a season of possibility. The dialect is opening up. The camels are coming. The one will carry the bounty, the reward, the payment is coming. But there are many adversaries. Ah! But you're going to practice the yak this year. Come on somebody. I say you're not going to fumble the ball. You're not going back to the huddle. You're not going to run back to mama. Come on. You're going to press forward. Come on. Hey, as you press forward I see many touchdowns. Come on, somebody. Hey, somebody is about to make a touchdown and get a breakthrough. That is going to be $10 million. Come on. Somebody is about to make a touchdown. It's going to break through. Come on. It's going to be a breakthrough. You're going to get out of debt this year. Come on. Somebody's about to make a touchdown. Come on, somebody. Your lost kids are coming home because the power of the Holy Ghost is touching them. Hey! Yuck, yak attack! Yuck, attack! Paul is in prison. And it's a huge prison. Hello? Now he has a choice to make. Is he going to cry and feel bad about himself? Hello? The devil bound their hands and their feet. So what is he going to do? Feel sorry for himself? No, he started to practice the yak. They started to praise God. And the Bible says there was an earthquake. That when the Greeks and the Romans, one of the words they used to describe earthquakes hurricanes, tornadoes is the word dunamis. Same word Jesus used to describe power. And you know that when an earthquake takes place, the tectonic plate shifts. (laughs) Ah, We were in Japan in the middle of the night. My wife started to say, stop shaking the bed. I'm trying to go to sleep. I said, I know I've been accused of a lot of things, but Samson is not my name. I can't shake a building, baby. Come on, somebody. We're in the middle of a 6.5 earthquake. In Japan, you know, they build these huge buildings and they put wheels on the bottom. So when there's an earthquake, the building, the entire building shakes and it's very unsettling. Hello, in the front page of the newspaper, the next morning, it says there was a 6.5 earthquake. Come on, somebody. Earthquakes are very unsettling. Where can you hide when the ground is shaking? I don't care if you're a building, if you're a tree. Those earthquakes have the power to uproot trees, to break buildings, to liquefy the pavement, to create tsunamis. Oh, my God. And that's one of the words that the, the Greeks and the Romans used to call Dunamis, ah, earthquake, hurricane, and tornado. And Jesus said, You shall receive power. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's the same word. In other words, the power has the ability to reshuffle your circumstances. Hey, Micah A said, I am filled with power. That simply means that when the power is in you, you are like a natural spiritual force that has the ability to shake things and reorganize your circumstance. When Paul and Silas started to pray, it says an earthquake took place. Come on. God released a power that started to shake the limitation. And the Bible says that all doors shut all doors. All doors were open. Come on, somebody. Not one door, but all shut all doors. Oh my God. A prison with hundred doors. But when the earthquake took place, all doors were opened. Even if you have a key, it will take you a long time to open a hundred doors. But when the power hit that prison, hey, not one door, not two doors, not three doors, but all doors. I came to prophesy tonight uh, as you practice the yak uh, in the middle of an attack, uh, yak attack. uh, The power of God uh, is coming tonight uh, to open all doors. I came to prophesy financial doors be open, uh, relationship doors be open. uh, Favor doors be open, miraculous doors be open, healing doors be open up, economic doors be open, territorial doors be open in the name of Jesus. I prophesy: the Spirit of the Lord is stirring the atmosphere with a great force. The dialect is opening up, the bounty carrier, the camels are coming, the one who carries the repayment is coming. The one who carries the favor is coming, the one who carries the reward is opening. The dialect is opening over your finances, it's opening over your family, it's opening over this territory. Hey, this is your year for an open door. The power of God is moving. Shag glory. Shall glory. Glory. come on if you believe this get out of your seat and run down here the camels are coming the camels are coming the bounty carrier is coming do you believe it get out of your seat say yak say yak attack get out of your seat yak Open doors. I'm about to release it. We have access to the master key. Jesus said, "I am the way. Shad, I am the way. Shad, I am the truth. Shad, I am life." What is he saying? I am the way. There's no going without me. I am the truth. There's no knowing without me. I am life. There's no living without me. Listen. At Christmas. The world marvel. To see Christ. Emerge. From a womb. Hello, at Easter, the world marvels to see Christ emerge from a tomb. Don't miss the message between these two opposites. If Christ can go from heaven to the womb, go from the womb to the tomb and back to heaven and come back again to get us. Where else in life won't he go for you? He is the master key. He is the master key. Raise your hands right now. He is the master key. I want to make some prophetic decorations over you. Hallelujah. You need to receive. You need to receive. Those prophetic decorations, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. those of you tonight were battling illness, Deuteronomy 7:15. and the Lord will take away from you all sickness. Those of you watching online, and afflict you with none of the terrible disease of Egypt. But will lay them on all those who hate you. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every sickness. He opened the door of healing. He closed the door of sickness. Use your hand and lay hands on yourself. I'm going to lay hands on you in a moment. But lay hands on In the name of Jesus, I rebuke sickness. Pain, infirmity, loose your hold in my body. Body, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, sickness depart, blood disease depart. In the name of Jesus, I command you, every form of illness in my blood, in my bones in my organs depart from my body now in the name of Jesus for this purpose the son of man was manifested that he might destroy every work of the enemy I declare the manifestation of the son of God in my life the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead Is giving life to my body, to my blood, to my eyes, to my organs, to my joints, to my bones, to my skins. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet, I prophesy miracles, signs and wonders. The healing is mine. I receive an open door for healing in Jesus' name. Come on, shout and say amen. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Shout amen. Is Mr. Amen. amen? Is Mr. Amen here? No weapon. Shout no weapon. Amen. Form against me yes. shall prosper yes. in Jesus. In Jesus' name. Yes. I, decree declare, I decree and declare no matter how that weapon comes, in the name of Jesus. He will not find expression in my life. No weapon from against me shall prosper. In other words, no demonic spirit sent to oppose me, to stir up strife against me, to steal my momentum or effectiveness will be able to function to my detriment. In the name of Jesus no sword forced to assault me will ever hit its desired target. in the name of Jesus inflicting maximum damage in the name of Jesus no financial plot designed to depreciate my net equity and personal value will ever succeed in collapsing my eternal asset and not worth in the name of jesus no spiritual no biological weapon of mass destruction created to afflict me or cause me to cease to exist will ever permanently injure me poison me or fatally wound me wound my present purpose or eternal existence In the name of Jesus, no rumors, no lie, no false witness, constructed. Integrity, assassinate my character, will ever succeed. In the name of Jesus, no diagnosis, no prognosis, no recorded symptoms, no medical report transcribed about me will ever prevail in redefining my actual heavenly position or earthly condition in the name of Jesus no court document no legal charge no judicial decree will ever overrule what God created in the universe what he has already said about me in the name of Jesus I receive my breakthrough I receive supernatural guidance I receive breakthrough in the name of Jesus the healing is mine the favor is mine I receive acceleration I receive speed I receive open door this is my year for open door I am a sign and a breakthrough in my generation I receive Signs, wonders, miracles, open door, favor, blessing. Go out and rejoice. My wife and I, we're going to come and lay hands on you. And we're going to say, open doors. Whatever it is, healing that you need, breakthrough, just take it. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Come forward. I prophesy. Open door, the dialect is opening, the bounty carrier is coming in the name of Jesus. Open door, favor, blessing, miracles. Oh, take it, receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle now. Hey, show break it, receive breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Open door, open door. Jesus, open door, open door, open door, receive it. Favor and grace, your presence. knock. Hello? I'm telling you, there's so much activity here tonight spiritually. So many transactions taking place. I wish God could open your eyes so you can see what I'm talking about. Tremendous activity. Many of you, you've been shifted tonight. Angels being released. Hallelujah. Working, doing your bedding many of you, you're going to have strange testimonies as a result of this service tonight. Hello. Tremendous breakthrough. Tremendous activity in the realm of the spirit. Now listen. We always want to give you an opportunity. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Hello. We wouldn't want to close this service without giving you an opportunity to open the door of your heart. Open the door of your heart to Christ. So if you're here, you know, maybe you have given your life to Christ, but there's still some rooms that are locked, some areas where you need to let him in. Hello? So if you say, I want to open all the doors of my house. Hello? He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. He's talking about your house, your temple. If you want to open all the doors of your life to him, raise your hand. Those of you online, you can do the same thing. Amen. Say, Father, all doors are open. I say, you are my Lord, my Savior. I surrender to you. My life to you. Hallelujah. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Father I repent from any sins in my life and I say you are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus name. and Lord I want to pray for everyone. I just pray for an impartation. For favor. For favor. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. They didn't possess the land. By their own strength. It was by the favor of God. Oh God. Let it be some supernatural things that will happen. In the next several weeks. Strange testimonies. Like Saul lost the donkeys. He didn't know what to do. But when he came to the prophet. The prophet told him where the donkey was. So he returned home with a testimony that 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 which was lost was found in the name of Jesus. I say tonight you return home with strange testimony of favor and restoration. That that which was lost will be found in the name of Jesus. Shall glory three times. I declared that your, sh- your star will shine. What was the spiritual system that caused wise men to look at the stars and follow a star? Starting a journey. Hello? Almost a year earlier to come and worship a baby that could not even say thank you. And they brought gifts. God drew their attention to that star hello how many of you know that Jesus is the morning star and sometimes when you have a cloudy sky even if there's a star that is shining you cannot see it because the visibility is clouded and I want to say tonight whatever has hidden your visibility whatever has closed your visibility the visibility of your business the thing that have caused people that need to see you not to see you because you were hidden in the name of Jesus by virtue of the apostolic and the prophetic by the rod of the high priest I come tonight and like a curtain may the power of God remove those clouds shred it so your visibility find visibility may your business find visibility may those who have the leverage and the credibility to bless you may they see you may they find you in jesus name that one day pharaoh hears about joseph joseph interprets the dream of the baker his life is not changed he interprets a dream of the butler, his life is not changed. But he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh, his life changed. Pharaoh had the leverage and the credibility to elevate him. Hello, I want to prophesy over you. Whoever has the leverage and the credibility to elevate you, whatever gatekeepers and captain of industry, of influence, that has a leverage and the credibility to elevate you, I decree and declare, may they see you. May they see you. May they open a door for you. Come on. Some of you, just one contract, one contract this year will give you, come on, the level of rest that you need. In one month, you can make more money than you made the entire year last year because God opened up a door come on somebody oh may God bring a titer in this building that with one check will pay off this property that you're about to build come on somebody come on oh my gosh are you hearing me I prophesy decree and declare that the dialect is being opened the camels are coming the bounty carrier is coming come on May an invitation comes that will open up a new season for your business, for your ministry. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy. May God introduce you to a relationship that is a power shifter. Hey, that will shift your money, shift your situation. I prophesy, may Pharaoh send for you. Hey, send an invitation for you. May you come out of a prison of limitation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. When Elijah was cut up in heaven, the Bible says the student of the school of the prophet they were waiting to see if the anointing was upon Elisha. Why? Because in the natural, he didn't look like he had it. Hello? In other words, people look at him and say, Him? Him? Taking after Elijah? Elijah? I don't think so. Some of you people look at you. You getting a million dollar breakthrough? I don't think so. You getting out of debt this year? I don't think so. You. Your kids getting saved this year? I don't think so. You. Living in Stockton in Loda? I don't think so. In other words, in an natural, it doesn't look like it can happen. Hello? So when they look at Elisha, it didn't. Looked like he had it. But when he grabbed that mantle. You're not hearing me. I said when he grabbed the mantle. He didn't look like he had it. But when he grabbed the mantle. And he said where is the God. Of Elijah. And struck the water. And it parted. This way and that way. And the children the student in the school of the prophet said, Surely the spirit that was on Elijah is now on Elisha. In other words, there was a sign that shows that the, the anointing arrived, that the victory arrive. I don't know who I'm preaching to. Whatever sign you need to have that will show that God's favor has landed. That open doors have landed. That favor has landed. I come by the rod of the apostolic and the prophetic. I stand in the priest in the high priesthood. And tonight I stretch my hand. I say, May heaven release that sign now. Shout amen. Are you receiving this? Shout Amen. Come on, they said, Lord, stretch your hands to heal and the ground where they stood shook and they were filled with the holy spirit i stretch my hand in the name of josharon the god will write upon the winds of the wind may the power of the wind of the spirit bring you into a season of elevation may god show that sign this week may god show that sign this year The sign of favor, the sign of prosperity, the sign of miracle, the sign of prosperity. I release that sign. Where is the God of Elijah? I declare the water is departing right now. Shot miracles, signs, wonders. Shot miracles, signs, wonders. Come on. Rejoice. Pam, go ahead and sing something. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah.